Thanks for stopping by Q in the morning. A little different today because we have our general manager, Ray Haynes, stopping by and teaching us on Hanukkah. And now it's time, instead of Mary, did you know, it's did you know about Mary? So <laughs> let's uh... <laughs> break down the story. So we'll jump back into Luke once again. In the sixth, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So we're talking about the, the birth of John the Baptist, even though we're talking about the Mary story. It says, in the, it begins to talk about Mary by saying this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So we know, because of the earlier verses, of uh, that John the Baptist was conceived around Pentecost in June. So we know six months forward, we're now, we're now getting near December, right? Right. So it's now winter. So God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. They are both actually descendants of David. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Mm. You'll conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Yeshua, or Jesus, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Boy, I just think about Mary in that moment. Teenage girl. I can't even. What? So we know Elizabeth was in her sixth month, because he tells us, when Gabriel visited Mary, meaning the encounter between Gabriel, Mary, and the Holy Spirit, the conception or incarnation of Jesus, would have occurred in December of 4 B.C., probably during the Festival of Lights in Hanukkah. John the Baptist would be born six months before Jesus' birth. That would place John's birth nine months later in 3 B.C. Remember, we're going backwards in years because you're in B.C. So... His birth in 3 B.C. during Passover in the spring, uh, around March 10th of 3 B.C. is what we assume. Now, if you've ever celebrated Passover, you know there's a special place set for Elijah, who was promised to come and prepare the way for the Messiah. So at Passover Seder, the door is open to look for him and invite him in. Jesus told us that Elijah had already come in and that it was his cousin, John the Baptist. And, of course, Christian history places John's birth at Passover, too, if you, you need a special extra bonus here. This means Jesus was born six months after Passover or in September during the fall feasts. But that's just where one scripture leads us. There's a bunch more. And, of course, all those stars, too. So it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be that profound to figure out when his birth happened because you can follow those stories. And like I said, there's still lots of debate on that, but I, I just think it's an unnecessary debate. Now, let's go back to the stars. Two uneventful years in, in the night skies in 7, 6, 5, and 4 B.C. Suddenly in 3 B.C. and 2 B.C., now we can go back in history to see all this because they can map the stars and, and all of that. The whole heavens burst forth with signs and wonders. The king planet, Gad, and the king star Regulus had three conjunctions. That's a bunch. In August of 3 B.C., Mary was eight months pregnant. If she had looked up that August night, she would have seen what the Magi observed. And I'm guessing they were traveling. She was pregnant, so who knows if she was looking at the sky at that point. She was probably just trying to make the journey. But if she had looked up, or Joseph looked up, in August of 3 B.C., when Gad, the king planet, was also called Jupiter that time by the Greeks and the Romans, became visible above the eastern horizon as a morning star. It was seen by the Magi in the rising. The bright new star appeared in the head of Coma. That was the baby in the Virgin's lap. There's a star we call, or a constellation that's called Virgo, or the Virgin, or Bethula. And there's a group of stars attached to that called Coma. That was the baby in the Virgin's lap. 
So that's what they would have seen, this new bright star in the head of coma. So it would have said something's going on right there in her womb. Nine days later, on August 12th of 3 BC, Gad came into conjunction with many, which is also called Venus by that time, as a morning star in the constellation of, of all things, Ariel the Lion, the sign of Judah. So the Virgin and the Lion constellations are next to each other if you ever watch how the skies go over in the elliptic. The bright star was so impressive to watch each night, and we know this from history, that Caesar Augustus assumed it was an ode to him <laughs> and put an image of the star on a coin beside his own image. I'm not saying he had an issue with his, uh, his self-esteem. Self to the Magi, who were likely descendants of the Magi trained by Daniel in Babylon hundreds of years before, the lion was the sign of Judah. This was not a shocker. Many was motherhood. Gad was the king planet, and Regulus symbolized royalty. So everything about all that was happening right there said a king was to be born, a king of the Jews, and they already knew all the scriptures because they were taught those scriptures. So as these came together to form the brightest star anyone had ever seen, it was clear and nightly repeated message that a grand king was about to be born in Israel. Since the Magi were likely among the Israelites who stayed and made a life in Babylon, even after Cyrus set them free to return, they had hung on David, or Daniel's prophecies, and now they knew they had to travel to pay homage to this their new king. So while Jesus would be born one month later, the brightest star ever would lead the Magi for 15 months until they arrived from Bethlehem. So don't miss the story here. They're traveling a long way. This star is going to move as well, and they're going to follow it. Matthew 2, 9, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. All right, now, you got to ask yourself, have you ever looked in the sky and saw a star stopping above you? <laughs> So, as the Magi arrived in Israel in December of 2 BC, it was the Feast of Hanukkah, and the brightest star ever appeared to stop and sit over the village of Bethlehem. Is that a thing? Yes, it is. That's a genuine phenomenon. Planets are often called wandering stars because of their elliptical movement. They have the same movement they go through. But sometimes seem to be standing when compared to the backdrop of the stars. It's called retrogression. Still happens today. God be, uh, Gad began its normal retrogression over Bethlehem, what day? On December 25th. Again, you can look back through the star charts. So just before dawn on December 25th, it was the third day of Hanukkah when gifts were exchanged. It is an ironic moment, to say the least, wow. that they arrive on this date and, and are bringing gifts to this 15-month-old uh, child. The planet stopped while in the middle of the constellation of Bethulah the Virgin. Remember, all the stars are there. It appears to stop, but the stars are there. It stops in the middle of Bethulah, middle meaning the abdomen, where a woman carries a child during pregnancy. Herod probably had no idea that these Magi were Jews or that they probably were from the tribe of Judah and so were likely even related to Jesus. So when they got to Bethlehem, they worshipped Jesus. They saw him much more than a king. They recognized the Messiah. They had heard about it from the time of Daniel. And uh, both the conception or incarnation of Jesus in 4 B.C. and the visit of the Magi in 2 B.C. occurred during the celebration of Hanukkah on the Jewish calendar. So that's why I say, you know, we celebrate Christmas and you're thinking about the birth of Jesus, which actually happens in September. And that's fine. But it's more than his birth. You're actually you're celebrating the most significant thing that ever happened in the history of all mankind or the heavens. 
And that's this incarnation of Jesus Mm -hmm. into the womb and also this visit to celebrate him uh, 15 months later. It is an amazing thing. So that's why I say, you know, if you miss Hanukkah, yeah, kind of missing the. Mm-hmm. Even though most people are they're lighting candles or doing all this stuff, <laughs> it has nothing to do with it, what it's actually about. But there well, you go. I mean, we get bogged down too with you know, was there only? There was definitely not only three wise men. There were plenty in that entourage of these. It was, a, it was an army. Yeah, it was yeah. a massive group of people. Why else would Herod take notice? Of three people. Or, or tremble. <laughs> yeah. Or tremble. And so there's a lot of those things that if we want to get bogged down and argue or whatever, but we're celebrating still. Well, in the Magi, that particular group of people, they were called the kingmakers. So yeah. they they were a uh, force to be reckoned with because they were looking for a new king because they just threw out their king yeah. in that season. So Herod had- wanted to know. Aaron had plenty of reasons to be upset and scared. So, yeah, it was an interesting time, and uh, we we miss a lot of the story. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we're getting some more of those layers of the story today, and we've got a few more opportunities to learn more as we go forward here on Q in the Morning on Victory 91.5.